Yeah, I feel like they're like slightly more terrifying hedgehogs. Um, are they dangerous? Like, I wouldn't approach one if I saw it in the wild. <laughs> the spikes are sharp, but like they'll more just curl themselves into a ball, whereas like a wombat will attack you. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, and there is no Michelle J here tonight because she is recovering from a wedding, and also the Red Sox are in the World Series, so she might be at Fenway. Um, but instead, we have a special guest, Alyssa Longmere, here, uh, and she's going to talk about the Australian Women's League and NWHL Fancy Stats, and we're just very excited to have her. Alyssa, how are you? I'm good. At- you know, that time of year where everything is suddenly happening all at once and I would like a couple <laughs> of extra days in my week, but I'm doing good. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. It's definitely hectic here. So is it getting... Now, it's getting cold here, but is it getting warmer where you are? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yesterday like felt like, like proper summer. Um, it's like a little overcast today, so it's not as nice. But yeah, it took a while for, we kind of had a very wet start to spring, uh, which everyone definitely cares about Australian weather patterns. But we had a really dry um, winter, which was really bad. All of the farmers were like freaking out. Half the country was in drought, you know, uh. bad thing. <laughs> um, so you couldn't complain about like the entire month of rain we just got, but I'm glad it appears to be over. <laughs> yes, I can imagine that that would be like great good thing to have but also a month of rain it's like please stop please let it be sunny again uh oh what are you drinking tonight i am drinking a white wine sangria that has caused all of us so much (laughs) stress let's okay here's the thing so i woke up this morning and i fed my cat and i sat down because i kind of chill a little bit before i go to work and i checked my slack messages and Alyssa had messaged me at 7 a.m my time with a message that said i have my here you know what i need to read exactly what it says because i need to properly convey the panic i think there's like that went through my body in there as well just well it was it was also so she i really didn't give context to my message there was was no context whatsoever no no caps no spelling mistakes no caps i have sangria made and i'm ready to go at 707 a.m i messaged back at 8 34 oh my god Alyssa! i thought you meant 7 30 p.m because that's when i thought we had scheduled this recording time was 7 30 eastern and so i spent probably an hour panicking that I had missed the recording and we were going to have to set it up for tomorrow and then I was like oh my god I'm going to have to wake up at seven o'clock and try and record and that's not going to go well and then you messaged me back and you were like no 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 I was just very excited about the sangria 
<laughs> so like the full context of the sangria made white wine sangria last night so it's white wine there is white rum in there there is like an entire mango in there and a bunch <laughs> of strawberries and a peach like I really went all in it it's in like this giant mason jar um and I was all doing this while I was cooking dinner so like I'm making sangria and I'm cooking dinner and then while the beef for my dinner was marinating um it's garbage day so I went to go take the garbage downstairs Somehow in the process of taking the garbage downstairs, I managed to throw out the lid from my very full rum bottle. <laughs> so, but luckily the lid from the rum bottle or the wine bottle would fit, of what was left was the wine would fit on my rum bottle. However, that meant I had half a bottle of wine that needed to be consumed. So... That was a message from a very wine drunk, Alyssa, who was very excited about the prospect of recording today and drinking sangria, (laughs) Um, who just caused everyone a lot of stress unnecessarily. (laughs) And then you you spilled some before recording, right? So it just continued its unlucky streak. Mm. Yeah. um, I, I really need, like, a funnel or something, like... Sangria is definitely supposed to be served in a pitcher, but I do not own a pitcher. In fact, mm. I didn't own a large mason jar until yesterday either when I went and bought one for $2. This is so – that's so me where I'm, like, making a recipe and I'm like, huh, I don't have that kitchen utensil. Guess I'm going to have to go buy one. It really is, like, the big moving out of home, like, properly feeling is you constantly discovering all of these things you're like yeah this exists and then you go rooting through your drawers and realize you don't have one of those like I need time to go acquire one yeah I need a food processor it took me two weeks to remember what it was called I was talking to my mom I'm like you have this at home it's like a blender but it's not I because it's not a blender that I need it's something else and like two weeks I texted her out of nowhere and I was like food processor that's what it's called where do I get one of those uh, but, but no, yes, I have my white wine sangria. It's excellent. It is very strong. So to be honest with what's left of it after this, I will probably add some more lemonade to try and like water it down a little bit. Um, but it's really good. It sounds delicious. You're making me want to make sangria. And usually like I'm I've, in like full summer mode. I'm ready to go. I usually just like to drink the wines. I have to be in like the right mood for the sangria. But you were describing what's in yours. And I'm like, man, that sounds good. Um, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm not drinking any, I'm not drinking anything fancy. I thought about trying to open a bottle of wine, but I didn't have time because I always wait till the last minute um, on when we record. So I just grabbed. I still got uh, it's a cider called Cidergeist. Uh, yeah, like a, a rose ale bubbles Ooh, Cidergeist. That sounds nice. Which is yeah. So usually Michelle and I start the show toasting somebody, which. I didn't even think about doing today, so I'm going to have to try and do this on the fly. Do you have somebody that you want to toast from a women's hockey player or coach or GM or tangentially related person in the past week? No, I haven't watched. I I had all of my master's assignments for the end of the year due on Monday, so I literally, like, couldn't tell you what was happening in women's hockey over the weekend. Okay, do you want to start with uh, AWIHL stuff, or do you want to start with fancy stats? Where do, where do you want to go? Uh, let's start with the AW. Okay, Because there's just a lot happening. <laughs> okay, what are... Now, 
What are some of the big storylines? I know probably one of the biggest ones was this offseason with the expansion team in Perth. Yes. And the Perth expansion in time, while it hasn't, like it didn't really affect skaters too much, um, it has destroyed the norm with goalies. Like it feels like almost everyone is with a new team. <laughs> And it's going to cause me so much stress. Like, <laughs> of the, yeah, of the, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now, of the ten goalies that played last year, two are not currently on rosters, and one, two, and three of them have changed teams. And if we just remove Melbourne, because Melbourne hasn't, change their goalies at all. There are only two goalies from last year in places other than Melbourne that are with their teams from last year. Like, it's it's a lot. Everyone's going round the world and cross country. Like, obviously, you have um, Ella Likari and Keisha Atkins both going home to play at Perth, which obviously great that they get to play for their home city now. Um, you also have... Uh, Tina Girdler, who was the Sirens' other goalie. Uh, well, one of the Sirens' other goalies. She's gone up and will be playing for Brisbane um, with Taylor Pearson, who is new to the A-Dub this year. She was um, Imogen Perry's backup at U18s last year. Uh, Imogen Perry isn't on a roster, so I'm not sure what's happening there or where she is. Obviously, we've talked well, I feel like I've talked the past two years about how she's, like, really young but absolutely phenomenal kind of thing, and she's just not on a roster. Is she um, – is it a, is it because she's so young? Like, is she – No, she can't be on a roster. Hmm. Um, I, maybe she's taking a year off for school. I don't – I definitely checked and made sure she hadn't gone overseas and, like, Elite Prospects isn't showing anything. Um, but, yeah, she – Possibly, like, she's played a lot with men's sides, so I don't know if she's doing something there. Like, there's just a lot of options um, for what could be happening for Imogen. Uh, Ashley Brown tried to retire last year and <laughs> failed to retire last year. So I think she's – the reason she's not on the Goanders roster this year is because she is yet again attempting to retire. Um, we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> she wasn't on the start of year roster last year and was definitely playing for them at the end of the year. Um Sarah Dogromancy, who obviously uh, she wrote a piece for the Ice Garden once when um, the Sirens won the final. Yeah. Uh, she is back from having another little cherub, so she will be in net for the Sirens. Uh, we also have Michelle Coonan, who is like Australia's starting goalie, who's been playing um, in the States for a college team, not NCAA, but like the one that plays like Arizona and stuff. I've forgetting the name of it. I got like this mixed a, up the other day. Like Division 3? Yeah, so she was playing for Lindenwood Belleville. Oh. Lindenwood. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the ACHA. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So, so like kind of NCAA, but not really. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so she's been playing um, there for the last two years, uh, but she is back in Australia. Uh, I don't have the team confirmed at the moment, uh, but just based on the fact that the Goan has only released their um, roster like a day ago, 
And so I'm assuming theirs is up to date. And the fact that she's from Adelaide, I would suspect her to be going there. But again, I I don't know for sure kind of thing. Just putting pieces together. And that's the one that kind of makes the most sense. Um, who else? Oh, and we have uh, a really young goaltender joining who is supposed to be really good, which is a bit of a theme. We have two, I'll probably talk about in a bit, two players that are really young that won't be able to play until halfway through the season. But from all accounts, as I put, both of them are supposed to be phenomenal. So I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, as you can see, goalies are, they're moving everywhere. Like. <laughs> is that, has the same thing kind of happened with skaters or has everything no, else kind of been more? Really. Like there's a few skaters have shifted. There always is. Um, you know, there's, I think, uh, one of the Melbourne players is joining the Sirens because she lives in Canberra, so about halfway between the two. Uh, so she's joining the Sirens. Uh, Adelaide lost one of their forwards, I want to say. No, no, they lost two defenders um, to Perth because they were quite a big commuter team with people – like they had three players that like lived in Perth essentially. Oh my god! Um, playing for them, <laughs> That's and a they would like fly in uh, for weekends. But no, like Perth's looking good. So they've got obviously the two goalies and the two defenders who were in the league last year, and then they have another two players I think that have a dub experience playing for the Goannas, I believe. So like they're not going in completely empty slate. And they've set themselves up with some good imports, so that should do well. <laughs> what is what is the import rule in the AWIHL? Um, you're allowed four, but you can only have two on the ice. Oh, okay. So four rostered, but only two can play at a time. Yeah. So okay. we only have three new imports this year um, that I know of so far league-wide. So that is the two that are going to Perth. So that's um, Elizabeth Scala, I think it's pronounced. She played for Holy Cross uh, for two years and before that or after that. And she played for Syracuse for two years as well. Hmm. Syracuse, is that how you say that? I feel like that's how you say that. Yes. I have such a hard issue with like all of these town names because obviously I read them a lot. But I don't necessarily ever hear anyone say this. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast where every episode we're like, is this how you say it? I've never actually heard anybody say it out loud. So we're just going to have to guess. But yeah, so she played for, yeah, Holy Cross and Syracuse. And then there's Courtney Moulton, who I believe has been living in Australia for about a year already. She played Div 3 NCAA. I don't know what uh, team. I believe she also played lacrosse. She's definitely coaching lacrosse in Perth at the moment. Cool. Um, So, you know, for the weird intersection of people who are overly passionate about uh, NCAA lacrosse, uh, someone check up on that for me. (laughs) And then Melbourne is getting – I think she's a forward called Bettina Myers. She's coming from the Swiss League, which is very exciting. And, like, their top league, which will be interesting. Now I'll be able to, like, run comparison numbers and, like, hypothetically think of a world where Alina Muller plays in the AWIHL. Oh and specifically, how much does she own everyone? 
I'm just happy she's finally in the NCAA now. Like, Northeastern <laughs> is actually good this year, and I'm like, okay, when are they going to come close so I can go watch her play in real life and just marvel at her skills? Literally. Um... Okay, can you give us, like, a, a quick recap of what happened last year in the AWA? Um, yeah, last year, uh, Adelaide got better. They okay. won a game. I was very proud of them. <laughs> it's an accomplishment. It's an achievement. It's a big deal. Well, they hadn't won one since was, they, like, changed franchises. It had been, like, so, two years, right? Like, a, a yeah, very long. A, yeah, when they switched from being the, I want to say they were the Adrenaline, because I'm pretty sure they shared their name with the men's team, but I could be wrong. Um, Adelaide teams, like, rebranding themselves, like, every three years, I swear. <laughs> um, it's very hard to keep up to date with, like, what they were at any point in time. But yeah, so when they rebranded into the rush, it was really last minute because like the previous, I guess, owners or like managers and stuff kind of pulled out like suddenly and unexpectedly. So it was a big rush to just get a team on the ice and a lot of the older players kind of just took that as like, uh, you know, I guess I'll retire now kind of thing. So they started with very much like a band of kids. <laughs> And the band of kids is getting better. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they had a they looked really good last year. Um, had a lot of really close games. Uh, like there were a lot of games that I felt they could have won and just didn't quite. Like they got mm. beaten by like a couple of quick goals, like right near the end of um, the game. So the score lines looked a lot bigger than like the game actually was. I guess uh, they did really well. I thought. Um, the Sydney Sirens' uh, win streak ended. Uh, that was a big deal. <laughs> How long had that streak been going? It had been going for a year and a half. Wow. <laughs> it was lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> who, who snapped um, it? Who was the team that snapped uh, it? Melbourne. Mm. <laughs> and it. then Melbourne went on to win the finals. So they got their, like billionth banner and what was it was just a really good it was a big year uh for melbourne ice hockey as a whole uh they won obviously they won the women's league and they won the men's league and i believe they won the junior league as well and their state teams were all doing phenomenally like they just washed everyone like (laughs) (laughs) they're doing something right it was upsetting <laughs> as someone who like, because like New South Wales and Victoria have like a long standing sports rivalry. So that means like any team I like, if it's a New South Wales team, is generally going to have a fairly big rivalry with the Melbourne teams. So for Melbourne to win so many, it was hurting my heart a little bit. Like I was like, I'm very happy for you, but like end this. <laughs> but also not really at all. But, yeah, Melbourne in a whole for ice hockey just had, like, a phenomenal year last year. And they're kind of the team that I guess has had the least off-season changes. Like, they've lost Shona Powell, which is, you know, a bit of – she's a big, like, been there forever kind of thing. Melbourne ice hockey royalty between her and her husband. Like, their trophy case at home is stacked. <laughs> And so, yeah, they're kind of the team that has changed the least. Uh, the Sirens is up there. They lost um, one of their top line forwards has gone to play. It's either like the second or the third division in Sweden. I don't know. The Swedish 
once you get past like their top league, I get very confused as to like what the ordering of leagues is. So yeah, that it'll be interesting to see how they adjust from that, but they've got some good goaltenders in match. So, you know, they should do good. Uh, I'm really worried about Brisbane. <laughs> like, genuinely, it might not be a good year for teams that have, like, green as their primary colour. I'm sorry, Connecticut. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, snap. Um, did Brisbane lose a lot of players? Uh, of what I have of their roster for this year, I don't know if they're adding players later or what, but of what they put out on their Facebook page saying is their roster – they have five returning players. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so are the new players, like, new, new players, or are they just players yep. who have swapped? Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> like, what happened? Did, did everyone I, just retire? Like, what? I don't know. Like, there's a lot of players. Like, there's some younger players missing, like uh, Lindsay, uh Clinic, clinic, clinic. Yep, it's not spelt like it's down, and it's very hard to say. Um, she's only like 16, 17, and I fully expected her to be back, and she's just not. But again, another one I looked up being like, she's really good. Maybe she made the international jump, and I can't find anything. Like, you know, obviously, not every like Canadian high school puts their roster online, but if they could, so elite prospects can find it, that would be really helpful to me personally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I went to like check because they only just put their roster out. I went to like go check like who was coming back this morning and I was like, who are these people like? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little, that's going to be an adventure for them. Yeah, that definitely going to be an adventure. Um, Adelaide's got a decent number of players returning. Like they've lost a few like, they only have about, I'd say, maybe 10 returning. But that being said, I think they're getting the national team goaltender. So oh. I, I that might. Like, I know, obviously, like we said before, we know Michelle Kuhn is coming back to the A-Dub. That has been confirmed to me. But no word yet on what the team is. Uh, so waiting for a public announcement on that one. Okay. But she's from Adelaide and she has played for them before. Okay. Given she's she's also played for Melbourne and Sydney before, but Melbourne and Sydney's goaltending situation is like set in stone, whereas Adelaide and Brisbane both have an open spot left. But I'm more inclined to say she's going to go to Adelaide. So well, yeah, and it sounds like if she went to Brisbane, that would be maybe not the best opportunity for her to win. Yeah. So. But no, I think yeah, having um having her backstopping uh them should be good. Admittedly, there is rumoured rules regarding the number of splits, like split starts that goalies have to take this season. So if you have like a phenomenal out-of-the-park goaltender, you can't just start them every game. What is is that rule? uh, So, again, I was talking to uh, one of the goalies and she was letting me know about it. Um, Hasn't been confirmed yet, but she was saying, give me a second, I'll just pull up the message. Uh, not confirmed yet, but potentially if there's two goalies on the roster, they have to play a minimum 20, uh, no, a minimum 40% of the ice time each. If there's three, it has to be 25 at least each. Wow. So you can't just start, 
you can't have a true one two i guess so that's that's throughout that's like 25 percent of the ice time throughout the season not throughout the season game. yeah okay yeah yeah we're not gonna pull I, I was i was thinking I'm, I'm it's on my mind because the blades have been doing this with their goaltenders where they've been splitting time in game so one goalie would play half a game and then they would pull at like a, a stoppage of play in the second period and put in a different goaltender so that was like in my mind and i'm like they can't really make a rule regulate it you have to swap goalies out mid game like but no, so that, um, yeah, but she was wondering how the signs don't, because obviously they've got um, Sarah Dog from Mancy is, like, if I was to appoint a starter, she would be my starter. Um, then you have, uh, then we have Paula Keane, who obviously played to them last year coming back, and then kind of feeding into the, I guess, exceptional children um, thing <laughs> I was talking about earlier. <laughs> Uh, there's two players this year who won't be able to play until December and January, respectively, um, because they won't be 14 until that time. Oh so the God. ruling is you have to be 14 to play. And I was very worried when I first saw them on rosters. Actually, admittedly, I didn't see um, Olivia last on the roster because her birth date isn't on Elite Prospects, and I had to check her twin's birth date. <laughs> Um, to find out because his is on Elite Prospects to find out uh, what day she was born so I could see when she'd be playing. But, yeah, I've heard from Sarah, who is, like, probably the best goaltending coach in Australia and, like, phenomenal in net. I said this the other day and then she sent me messages being like, thank you for saying nice things. And, like, she deserves every word of it. Um, Yeah, she was saying that, Olivia is phenomenal, and in a couple of years, she's going to be better than everyone. <laughs> so that's a good fun. Stay tuned. And at the same time, um, Per named uh, Nikki Sharp in their roster, who is a forward. She won't be eligible to play until midway through January. Um, but I got a chance to chat with their coach, um, particularly if I feel like particularly forwards, like they're out, like they're playing, like they're playing as fully grown humans kind of thing. Like some of these people probably have kids her age. Um, and I was like, you know, please tell me, particularly because it was a new team. I was like, please tell me that like, she's actually really good and she's not just there to like fill out roster numbers. And um, he was essentially like, no, she's phenomenal. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> so where are those two, where are those two playing now? Like where, or where have they been playing to like, before this potential AWIHL? Uh, boys leagues, mainly. <laughs> so neither of them have played AJ. Um, obviously, uh, Nikki can't because she's a skater. But um, Olivia, based on the precedence set by Imogen Perry, uh, if that came up, she could play in goal for... Um, the boys' side, like um, the boys' junior side. Uh, but, yeah, both of them have played in boys' um, state sides at, like, the U13 and the U14. And I think um, Olivia played the U16 tournament as well wow. this year. Wow. So, like, they're good. Yeah, that's scary <laughs> They're keeping good. up with the guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Nikki was alternate captain of the Western Australia team for maybe Ginsburg, which I think is U13s, um, a couple of years ago. <laughs> like, 
all accounts say they're very good and I'm very excited to watch them play. So what teams are they going to be on? And also, what is Olivia's last name? I did not catch it. Um, her name is Olivia Last. Okay. Which is funny because she's a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> the last line of defense. And she will be with the Sirens. And image, and uh, I'm not image of her. Image of Mary's not. Of <laughs> um, I'm just really sad about that. She's one of my favorite goalies. Yeah, to watch. I remember you talking um, about her before. She's so good. Um, the, and the other one is Mickey Sharp, and she will be playing for the Perth Inferno. Oh, okay. So those are definitely two players to keep an eye on. Uh, yes, I've been hooked up with a Mickey Sharp jersey, and oh, I'm ready for yes. it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, what other players should we be watching? Who are the other, like, top players? Uh, Shana Godfrey and Stephanie Conkrane on the Sirens are always excellent to watch. Um, it'll be ish, uh, interesting to see how they go without um, Shanita Crompton also on that line because that's been a trio that have been together for quite a stretch now. Uh, so I will be interested in seeing uh, how that goes, I guess. Who they're going to get to replace her. Yeah. Who who steps up, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm also... Christina Julian uh, for Melbourne is always beautiful to watch. <laughs> Even if she never wants to do interviews with me. Hi, Christina. If for some reason you're listening, I would still love to interview oh, you. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, who else? Marnie Pullen is, I feel like she's only 17. She was a rookie last year with the Melbourne Ice. And she is one of the players who looks the most excited to be on the ice at any point in time. Like, she ended up doing a little video series for the Melbourne Ice that they only posted on their Facebook page, but it was entirely worth following their Facebook page for it, called Marnie Mondays, where she would interview one of her teammates and then they would, she would challenge them to something at the end. And it was always brilliant. That sounds amazing. <laughs> like, real comedy. As, and then um, Natalie Ayres is always great to watch she plays for Adelaide I will keep beating that drum into the ground <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is Forever. The, what is the average age of a player in the AWIHL because it sounds like I, I mean like, like the 14 year olds and they're like you, you've mentioned a couple like other teenagers is it a lot of younger players or is it kind of a mix I would say like it's I'd say it's a fairly decent mix to the point that it like averages out to kind of like mid-20s <laughs> okay okay like, you've got everyone from, you know, 14-year-olds to 30-year-olds playing. Like, it averages out a lot. Yeah. Um, what are your predictions for this season? Who's, who's winning? I'm, Michelle hates making the predictions, and I always make her make a prediction. Who is your, I guess, who is your final? Who's going to be in the final? I, if you don't want to pick a winner, you don't have to, but which two teams are going to make it? I don't think unless you know something weird happens in the semi I don't think we see a different final than Melbourne Sydney even though I guess like the Goannas made it through two years ago but that was still kind of like a big shock to everyone that like someone other than Sydney and Melbourne were in the final um I don't think that's changing right away um we do of course have the first instance where we're only going to have a 14 final so someone is going to be Mm. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to be 
Bla- bladed? I'm trying to think because they're technically Worcester now, but bladed sounds worse. Yeah. But that's but there's really not another way to say it. Someone's gonna be Boston. <laughs> yeah. Um and I don't think it's going to be Perth. I think they make it. Like their goaltending situation is just so solid. Like and so like on that note, like if I'm looking for a team that like, you know, I'm not ruling them out of it, like please, at Kahana's players, do not come for me. But like <laughs> On paper, the weakest team is really the Goannas, mm-hmm. and I'm worried because <laughs> they were so good two years ago, and then they kind of had to start rebuilding last year, but they didn't really. So I don't know whether they're like fully committing to the rebuild and taking like the Adelaide Rush route of slowly growing. Um, well, with five yeah, returning, that would be... with five returning players, like yeah. that is that's that a is, rebuild. That's a rebuild. <laughs> Like, whether you like it or not, you're officially rebuilt. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so it should be um, a good finals this year. I'm excited about it. Did we want to talk streaming? Yes. What, what, what's going on with the streaming situation this year? So the streaming situation, last year they said they were going to stream every game. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, largely due to just like the availability of like camera crews and stuff in and commentary teams in uh, Brisbane and Adelaide. Uh, so this year, what they've got is like kind of an outside provider. Like they've contracted someone to do it. Essentially, um, that makes it sound like we're going out of hockey people. No, who they've got to do it is a company called Thought Fox Media that have run all of the Newcastle North Stars streams. Um, since like, uh, so 2014, uh, 2005, okay, wait, I'm just reading the message cause I confirmed it. So friend who is running, so person who runs the thought Fox media joined the North stars media team in 2013, um, helping them live stream games on the live stream platform, like the one that's actually called live stream mm-hmm. that no one uses anymore. In 2014, they moved from live stream to YouTube and like started adding all of the hardware for like high quality recordings and stuff like that. Um, you know, getting as it went on on screen on screen clocks and stuff like that came in 2015. By 2016, they had replay and intermission programming. Uh, 2017, it got upgraded again, and then this most recent year, they had like a fully blown like as someone who occasionally like in involved with the North Star stuff either on commentary or doing the in-stream graphics like it was a full-blown production thing all run by volunteers so you had two camera people you had two commentators you had the production manager they had the replay ops person they had the in-game graphics person they had a floor manager they had like three people who did like live interviews it was a lot (laughs) like very professional setup so they're going to be doing and they did the siren streams uh last season it's really because michael's one of my best friends but you know just Mm -hmm. pump his tires for a while (laughs) Um, (laughs) well you sent me 
I can we talk about the video that you sent me? Yes, that he we can did? talk about the video. That's just amazing, and I would like for <laughs> you, like, and the production team that's doing this, to just take over the rest of the women's hockey graphics because today was just a really bad day with like misspellings and and graphic design in like the pro leagues in North America. So please, and this vi- the video that you sent me was just absolutely beautiful, like so good. Uh, so for context, the video was essentially the draft of what will be our live stream opening so how it's going to be happening is a little different obviously australia is a large country you would have seen via that video just how far apart all of the rinks in question are like you're talking at least an eight hour drive from one rink to another which is why all of the players fly everywhere Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, where they're doing – to, like, cut costs, they're sending a camera person with gear to every game, but it is only the camera person who is going to the game. Okay. So the rest of us, uh, meaning essentially I think it'll be a replay person, a graphics person – two commentators and a stream manager will be at what is essentially about to become a dub HQ um, in Newcastle because they've got the whole production booth there. And so we'll be commentating remote, which will be interesting. Um, A new challenge, but it should be fun. (laughs) That's super interesting. um, It'll be the same commentary team for every game. For each team? Nope. For every game, for every team. Oh, wow. League-wide. How? Are there going to be games at the same time? There's a couple of games that are at the same time. One of them will run on tape delay. Wow. And that will be a, like, the week leading up decision, essentially. That's, like, I mean, like, like, commentating remotely is, like, something that I think will be, you know, an adjustment for you, like you and everyone who's doing it but like also though the commitment to like hiring a professional production staff is so like refreshing to hear yeah. like that's so like will we be is this something that's going to be geo-blocked or like will people around the no, world no it'll be on youtube Hell so you'll be able to watch it yes oh good oh good and it's like one way like i don't want to like pump my own tires because i'm involved to like Please a fairly do. in-depth degrees but, like, it's going to be so good. Like, the North Stars stream, which is essentially the closest comparable I have at the moment um, to, like, what it is. Because, obviously, we had a bit of a system set up last year for the Sirens game that was pretty good. Like, we had replay and we had on-stream graphics. But it's gone to a whole nother level this year. Like, they're so nice. Everything's beautiful. <laughs> um, like, the only hockey league in the world that had better production quality was probably the nhl <laughs> which is amazing like that's Consider none uh, of us are being paid <laughs> yeah seriously like i'm gonna like i'm gonna be watching just for the the stream now like but yeah it's like michael's been doing great stuff with like all of the graphic interfaces and stuff like that um for like whoever runs that trying to make it something that isn't like it's not hard coded in so it's not like you can't change it so it's logically something that you know could be in the future distributed to places like the end up and the cwhl and they could use it to up the quality of their own productions please put a clock 
on your streams. I'm Please. begging you. Please, God, I was watching the Riveters this weekend at a friend's house, and I was like, I don't know. I know it's the third period, but like, I don't know how much time is left. Like, I'm trying to catch a glimpse of the clock at one end of the rink whenever play goes on that <laughs> yeah. side. Like, come on. But yeah, so obviously, yeah, the streaming thing's a big undertaking and like massive for the leagues to do it. I know they've got like some sponsorships lined up, but they're still looking for more. So like, hopefully that uh, pans out. Um, in addition to that, uh, they are currently in the final stages of negotiations with a major broadcasting provider for a 30-minute, I guess almost weekly, um, essentially highlights and analysis <gasps> show. Like on mainstream television. On television. <laughs> I wish, it, last week Michelle was like, I wish you could set up like a GoPro and see. My hands are in the air. I am like, <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. So yeah, the I've been like bugging everyone this week being like, hello, can I talk about this? And oh so God. got permission to say they are in final negotiations. So that's incredible. Like we, yeah. we were talking last week, it was a big deal that the Inferno got like four of their games on a mainstream radio show and they're doing a weekly radio show, like a half hour segment uh, where they're just talking, but it's just, it's just one team. It's just the Inferno yeah. they're talking about, which is, which is great for the Inferno, but it's not yeah, like so a, this is a league wide thing. Last I heard like half an hour, no ads oh. <laughs> run through um, and yeah, it's a big deal. I was like, I'd heard wow. there were like talkings of doing something with this broadcasting provider. And I was like, okay. Cause like, um, the men's league has a deal with the broadca- broadcasting provider where they will provide like one game a week will be broadcast by them, but it's played on a Wednesday. So you can't, and because then they own the rights to that game, you can't live stream that game. So everyone just has to wait until Wednesday to watch it. And I'm not the biggest fan of it let's just say um so I was like really like a little worried kind of thing when it was happening I was like like I get that this will be really good but like live games please so now I get the best of both worlds hopefully and yeah it's gonna be I'm looking forward to the official announcement it should be coming well in the next week because this time next week there should be an episode happening (laughs) ah so maybe by the time this episode is up we usually release on Fridays. This yes. Will, this will be official. Official, official, official. But yeah, I'm very excited about that. That's incredible. <laughs> That's like, I mean, we've been talking about trying to get more mainstream coverage of the North American leagues. Like, <laughs> Australia's already there, man. Like, let's go. Come on. It's like, up. I've been seeing everywhere. Like, there's all these things I haven't been able to talk about. And like, obviously, like, you're in the same ice garden slack as I am kind of thing. We'll sit down. We'll be talking. Like, people will be chatting about, like, streaming and what could be improved. And I've just been sitting there for, like, <laughs> the last two months being like, Australia is owning all of you. Internally <laughs> screaming and unable to talk about literally any of it. Oh, my God. I can't even. But, like, wow. wouldn't it be great if, like, these were more high-quality productions? Me <laughs> would tell me. Uh, but wouldn't it be great if we had stuff on mainstream television? Uh. <laughs> yeah, we have to work out. I don't, I don't know whether this, like, the TV show is going to be, like, oh. geo-blocked or online. Yeah. Anywhere, but I'm going to have to find out. If not, I'll just, like, distribute it under the comments. Can you, like, can you, like, Periscope? Can you just, like, <laughs> record it on your phone and Periscope it? <laughs> Please and thank you. 
<laughs> but yeah, and so yeah, that's going to be really good, and I'm excited about that. And obviously, yeah, just everything that's happening this season, I really feel like the IHA sat down and really committed mm-hmm. to the women's league, which is nice. Which is amazing. Appreciate it. <laughs> what year? How long has the AWHL been around? Uh, over ten years. Been around for a while. I've suddenly, I definitely, it's one of those things, it's like, I definitely knew this at some point in time, <laughs> but I still haven't, like, fully onboarded my brain with all of the new season information I need to have. Big mood. Big mood. Um, let's, okay, unless there's anything else that you want to talk about AWIHL related, let's jump to fancy stats for the end of. Yeah, no, like, they've got national team camp in, like, a month. That'll be good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the week break. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be the only break I get, really. <laughs> okay. You created a website called Even Strength. Do you what, – what is that website for people who maybe don't know or haven't seen it? Um, so it is – wait, I have a really fancy sentence that I spent a long time writing. So I'm going to find <laughs> the fancy sentence. Okay. Providing a publicly available resource dedicated purely to the women's game. I'm on there your, we go. I'm on your Patreon page two and reading a little bit further down. At Even Strength, we aim to bring you more than just a box score. We are developing interactive shot maps, player comparison tools, and filtering by situation, as well as advanced statistics for women's hockey previously unavailable to the public, such as points, shares, XG, and E, timeout ice. I know. Yes. I knew what some of those meant. Not all of them, but some of them. Okay, which ones don't you know? And we'll cover those real uh, quick. <laughs> I know. Well, okay. I know TOI is time on ice, and I'm, yes. I'm assuming E is even strength. Estimated. <laughs> so we're off to a terrible start. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know what. You point, got half of it. I don't know what point shares is or XG something with goals, like a yes, goal predictor. So, um, Point shares is essentially uh, based off an algorithm that someone was already using for men's hockey. So we've just, you know, adapted it to, like, what stats are available in women's hockey. Um, And it's kind of, yeah, just a way of seeing what, how many of, like, a team's, like, so, okay, so you get three, uh, two points for winning a game, yeah? Yep. And say over the season your team gets 27 points. In like that's your end of season total. So point shares breaks down how many of those points they think each player contributed. Oh, okay. Um, and then XG is expected goals. So um, that was one that I made. So like the algorithm for women's hockey one, obviously not a new thing, but had to remake it and like train all the data. Essentially, I put in every shot taken from the previous two years of shot data we had. So 2016-17 and 2015-16. That works. No, 2016-17 and 17-18. Those ones. So put in all of the shots and it looks at like where where the ones that are good come from, like what turns into a goal. Mm-hmm. Where are the hot spots on the ice kind of thing that you're just more likely to score from. And then I can feed in, like, a new game. So, like, I could go, okay, I want to see this weekend's Riveters versus Whitecaps game. And I can plug in, shove the data in, just, like, send it to it, and it'll run it through the system. 
and it will come out telling me how many goals it thinks each player should have scored. Mm-hmm. So what I can tell you is that the Minnesota Whitecaps are currently my worst enemy because they're breaking my <laughs> algorithm. <laughs> I don't know whether this means they're going to slow down or if they're just significantly better than anyone who's ever played in the end up, but that doesn't make sense because like those Boston teams were loaded. Like Brianna's Decker's shots are in there. Why is Brianna Decker not fixing this for me? They spent the first four games against the Riveters who have been surprisingly worse than a lot of people thought. So I'm waiting to see them kind of go back. Should be. (laughs) They're getting better. They're regressing upwards again. But I would still like to fight their coach. <laughs> um, same. Can we talk about that? It's you... a really, yeah. It's a really good thing the Riveters don't have a game in New Jersey when I'm there. Otherwise, it throw down Central. Like, I will fight this man physically. I want the Riveters <laughs> to do what the Whale did in season one, which is overthrow their coach because this this man has no experience. And by like the Riveters start, the fact the fact that your coach would go on record and say we are not a goal scoring team with Amanda Kessel, Madison Packer, Mie Dench, Alexa Grushow, uh like all on your team. What are you talking about? Me trying to go off about this on Twitter was the funniest thing because I was traveling back to Newcastle for a baby shower conveniently Michael and his wife's baby shower so we're gonna have a hockey baby boy halfway through the A-dub season like we're all really (laughs) hoping it's for the weekend they have national camp so that he doesn't have to leave mid-game but there is a genuine chance that our production manager will have to leave mid-game so that he can go like assist give moral support in the birthing situation Oh, boy. I'm scared. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just but, yes, yeah, so I'm, like, traveling back to Newcastle, and I'm on the train in, like, the middle of nowhere. So the phone service is the spottiest. And it took me, like, 20 goes to send the first tweet. And then I send it, and I had the second tweet ready to go. And I didn't have time to send it. <laughs> so it's, like, one tweet. 20 minutes later, another tweet. <laughs> As though you'd stewed for 20 minutes and then gone, no, I need to say something else and tweet it again. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, but he's awful and I need him to leave. And I don't know who they need to get in his place, but like literally anybody, like the bar is real low right now. Like you just, you don't. Skype me in. I don't have a coaching certificate, but I feel like I would do better. I was just saying, but yeah, it's ridiculous. Like as I tweeted, like, Last season, this is a team that finished second in the league in these expected goals. So, you know, obviously, like, we've talked about how the Rivs scored a little bit more last year than, Mm -hmm. like, they possibly should have. Yes. They were, you know, getting some good bounces on the goals. So if we go off expected goals, which is, you know, just based on where they were shooting on the ice kind of thing, it thinks they should have finished second in the league. They're, like, just below... Uh, Buffalo by like a hair Uh, and they should have had uh, essentially three goals per game was what expected goals set they're like yeah this is what should happen so like for one the team hasn't changed that much you've added Amanda Kessel like right you should be able to score at least around there to I mean and I mean to be fair they're playing without Mia Dench for until November and, yes. Cor- and Courtney Burke is hurt. But, like, 
That shouldn't be. Give me a second. I will pull up the numbers. <laughs> the numbers. But like, and yes, other teams got Olympians back, but not the entire U.S. team went to the NWHL. Yeah. And not like, I- I've just been surprised at how poorly they've done these opening weekends. So on the twenty, the game on the twenty first. So that would have been Sunday's game. Sunday's game. Yeah. They were at, they scored two goals and they should have scored 2.25. So, you know, okay, right where we're expecting them to be. The issue comes in where Minnesota is joyously breaking my algorithm. <laughs> so in comparison, Minnesota on the 21st, according to where they were shooting on the ice, they should have only got 2.3 goals. So only just above the riveters instead they got six because they hate me (laughs) (laughs) but like it's just a thing when we look at like the teams over the whole season so far the um riveters are two goals below where i think they should be they should have two extra goals somewhere don't know where they were acquiring them from but like the universe owes them two goals the universe (laughs) owes them okay (laughs) Whereas Minnesota needs to give nine goals back. Oh like, my god. <laughs> their actual goals is almost double their expected goals. Good like god. what are they they're breaking my model and it's upsetting me a lot, I'll admit. <laughs> it's it's still early. There's still time. It's still early. Well, that's the other thing I was like looking at um that I went on in my tweet twenty minutes later um, <laughs> to say. So like Often you'll see in hockey whenever a player goes on, like, a hot streak, people will be like, a 45 shooting percentage just isn't sustainable. Like, how are they going to keep this up? They're going to regress. And that is true. They are going to regress. You know what's super not sustainable? A shooting percentage of 3%. (laughs) Also true. Also very true. Like, the NWHL average shooting percentage across all of their seasons is 11%. Most teams shoot at 11%. Uh, In the, well, like around there, that's like the base average. In the last two seasons, the Riveters shot at 13% and 15% respectively. So they're going to go up. Like, they're not going to keep shooting at 3% forever. Like, we hope. They're going to regress upwards. Well, even the Riveters in season one, when they were mediocre that is generous <laughs> <laughs> um weren't shooting at three percent in a second i'm like pulling up their numbers for that season now i'm super curious as to what they were actually shooting that season it had to be low was yeah it, was it like, a, like a seven or eight percent maybe that's my guess shooting percentage they were shooting at eight percent okay okay and then, like, their aggregate, so, like, across all of the seasons, forever and ever and ever. So, literally, when I, like, look at the aggregate seasons for all of the teams, shooting percentage is 11%, 11%, 11%, 11%, 11%. And then the Whitecaps, who I obviously only have four games for, so they are currently <laughs> shooting at 26%, folks. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which, like, when we can see there is, like, a clear average, like, a clear average for how many percent you apparently shoot at at the NWHL. They got some regressing to do. Mm-hmm. A, I suspect it will potentially come when they face um, 
Shannon. <laughs> yes, the Buttes. Yes, that's the game I'm waiting for. It's going to be so good. <laughs> so how much do you have to tweak, like, the traditional fancy stats models for women's hockey? Because it's, it's harder to get, like, raw data because until very recently, and for some teams still, like, shots aren't available. And, like, time on ice isn't a thing. So, like, how do you compensate for that? So, e-time on ice um, was made uh, pretty much using the, um, by CGA, pretty much using the model that a lot of people use for the AHL, because obviously you guys don't record time on ice either. Right. Rude of you. (laughs) Mm, No comment. (laughs) Not my department. (laughs) But no, that's like things like the teams internally track them, but like it was something that came up when I first started tweeting about time on ice last year that I had a couple of people like someone from a junior hockey team uh in the OHL messaged me mm-hmm. being like hey don't bother trying like pushing for time on ice just do it this way and I was like that seems hard <laughs> <laughs> but yeah CJ worked it out using essentially the same algorithm as they use in um the AHL and then tweaking it a little bit uh for the N. WHL because what we've found is that because most teams only won three forward lines which like yeah they run three forward lines like we all know that that means that like we don't have that discrepancy that you quite often see in men's hockey where defenders will play hideous horrendous minutes like the players who have the most ice time are generally your defenders because there's less of them right (laughs) but there's the exact same percentage I guess of forwards as defenders in the women's league, there's only three lines. So what we're seeing is like one of those things that first thing I started looking at, I was like, Oh, of course, but it had never occurred to me that the forwards would be playing the same number of minutes as the defenders. I always just like, yeah, you know, maybe your top forwards do, but like, so if we look at, um, E-time on ice per game in the league forever, um, the two highest uh, time on ices belong to forwards. Huh. So from what we've estimated, uh, Kelly Babsock. <laughs> Not a surprise. <laughs> on the, con- on the Connecticut whale. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So we estimate she was playing around 25 minutes a game. Dear God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, is it Cheyenne D'Arcangelo? Yes. D'Arcangelo. She was second with just under 25 minutes. Also on the and Connecticut that, Whale. Was, <laughs> no, actually, that was on the 16-17 Buttes team. Really? The 16-17 Buttes team seemed to solely rely on her and Megan Bozak. <laughs> mm, fair. Fair. So, yeah, like our top five is so Kelly Babsock, Cheyenne D'Arcangelo, Megan Bozak, uh... Haley Scrooper, mm-hmm. and then Jenny Ryan was one that surprised me. She, I, th- I think the Riveter, she w- didn't get a ton of, like, airtime, I think. I think she was a little underrated, but that, it doesn't shock me because I think she was a big part of the Rivs defense. Yeah, but this 23 minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. And then we had uh, Madison Packer coming in at sixth. Yeah, that, which also doesn't shock me. Yeah. Wonder, I wonder if Ryan's on the power play. Maybe, or PK. Maybe that's why she's getting so many minutes. 
possibly. But yeah, so it was really cool to be able to look at that. But like I looked at it when it first came up with forwards at the top, I was like, this has got to be wrong. And then I thought about <laughs> it for five seconds and I was like, no, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's interesting though, because you don't, you don't think about necessarily the, the way they're rolling their lines and how that impacts time on ice. In the traditional but yeah, sense. so like in our, I guess, a little advanced stats page, we have like e-time on ice and then um, looking at like their point shares, so how they contribute offensively to a team's points and how they've contributed defensively to a team's points. Uh, then we have um, expected goals. And then we also have something we've only added in the last week that I'm very excited about called Ooh. betweenness, which is new in general. <laughs> okay. So uh, when people I follow on Twitter, Evan, I'm forgetting Evan's last name. This is bad. <laughs> Evan. There's a lot of letters in his last name. <laughs> Evan Oppenheimer? I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, so he did start doing this thing last year for um, particularly junior leagues. So, like, looking at. Uh, I think the, his example of it when he did the big write-up on it was using the U.S. men's t- – well, boys team? Their U18 team. Okay. That plays in the leagues. They, they play other people occasionally. I do not follow U.S. men's junior hockey. I'm too busy following the Canadians. <laughs> so I'm just like, ah. Like every year while juniors comes around, and I'm like, yes, whom are my enemies this year? Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's this thing called betweenness. So it's looking at essentially what a player's um, influence on their team's du- directly on their team's scoring is. So like how much and it like so obviously you have a higher betweenness score if you assist on lots of people's goals or like you contribute to a lot of people getting points and you get a lot of your own points. But you might have a lower one if you pretty much only score if one other player is passing it to you. Ooh, okay. So if we look at, like, our top betweennesses, betweenness, um, so our top-ranked player in terms of, like, how they contribute to their team's goals is actually Kelly Stedman in 2015-16. Ah, I miss Kelly Stedman. God, I love her. Uh, closely followed by Brianna Decker and Hillary Knight. So it checks out. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, not a shocker. Not surprising. Um, Rebecca Russo was way higher than I expected her to be. Mm. Particular, specifically in 16-17, like, had like a 25 rate, like, 20, I can't remember if it's 25%. 0.25, whereas like, okay, so Brianna Decker has like 0.35. So, you know, there's still a drop off, but. Mm-hmm. was higher up than I thought. Like, she was above um, Alexa Grushow's rating from last year, which was 0.23, which shocked me a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was, you know, an interesting one that I was like, hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's really interesting just to look at which players are, I guess, yeah, influencing their team scoring the most. So if we go, ah, trying to go. Back to 1617 because I suppose that was the last time we had like proper, like superstar superstars. So, yeah, in that season, it was the top five, uh, or even just the top three, 
is Brianna Decker, Alex Carpenter, and Janine Webber. Uh, and Brianna Decker is like 10 points higher than anyone else, which no. is disgusting. Because <laughs> she's really good. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So um, one of the things was that uh, Evan was tweeting these chart things that like show which players were like assisting and like like how like a point share like relationship map I guess essentially mm-hmm. showing who was who's assisting on whose goals kind of things like all roads lead through XYZ kind of thing mm-hmm. and they've been fascinating to look at yeah but yeah, so like last season with the Riveters, it was like Alexa Grushow and um, Mia Dent were just like, yes, let's assist and score on everything of each other's. Like, mm-hmm. they're a giant circle. <laughs> but at the same time, like Madison Packer is over in the corner. And while she doesn't have like anyone she has like particularly super strong links with, she's on in on like everyone's stuff. Okay. Interesting. She is contributing in crazy ways. Um trying to find. That's so interesting. Like like looking at that for each team. And uh I love it. Uh I do want to get to some mailbag questions. Is there any yes. like advanced stat stuff that you're working on or that you want to try and do in the future before we move on? Um, I've been, now that we have basic stats down, wow, amazing, what a concept, (laughs) um, I've been looking at doing a little bit of, like, micro stat tracking, so, like, looking at how teams enter and exit the zone, which means I'm having to manually track it, which is gross, Mm -hmm. and I'm definitely not very good at it, and I'm very mad, because, wait, I'll find who does it for the NHL, so I can, like, um, Corey, who does a shutdown line, who does it yes. for the NHL, has like this really fun thread in which he posts pictures of all of the backup goalies sitting in their baseball caps. <laughs> um, and I very quickly discovered that we a lot of the time film from the same side of the ice as the bench, which means I don't get goalies in baseball caps. And I'm very upset oh, about it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, does this, you know, inhibit on my start tracking at all? No, not really. Would I like goalies <laughs> in fun hats to look at? Yes. Also, yes. Yes, I also, would. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I just think I deserve it, personally. <laughs> and if they could give that to me, that would be really nice and I would appreciate that. So, yeah, like. I've only done, like, one game so far because I've been finishing off Masters stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was just looking at, like, how um, teams enter and exit uh, the offensive zone. Uh, can Connecticut stop dumping the puck constantly? The, an- <laughs> the answer is no. They can't. <laughs> okay, let's move on to mailbag questions. Um, yes. We've got some mailbag questions, and we've got a- at least one star patch cut that we have to address. But let's do... I have opinions on it. <laughs> yes, let's let's end with that one. We'll start with mailbag. Um, Kevin Colelli at Colelli on Twitter, uh, tweeted something out. Uh, if I have a hunch I want to verify or a specific stat that I want to graph, what's the easiest way to go about that? 
what tools do you use to work with the stats that you've gathered? So basically you have the raw data, what do you do with it? Uh, so I suppose there's like three kind of ways you can go and it kind of depends on like your programming ability, I guess. So all, most of even strength is run through R, which is like a statistical analytics program. But like if you're wanting to make a graph, you kind of have to like hard code the graph yourself or like a, a viz kind of thing. You have to hard code it yourself, which is a, you know, the easiest. There's definitely a learning curve there. The same with people who use Python, like you can make graphs in that and like visas but you know there's going to be a learning curve so for someone who's like just wanting to get into analytics I guess um I would say that Tableau is your best bet it's free to download it's super visual so like you kind of drag and drop things where you want them to go uh and there's a bunch of really great tutorials out there helping you with that but that's definitely the one like so that's the one that I've used for like the two-player comparison tool and the like season point productions that I made. So that was all through Tableau. And I find it really easy for like if I want something to be really high quality, but I don't want to like it's not something that I'm necessarily going to update all of the time. Cause updating the data is like can be a bit of a process. Whereas like in R, you can write your code and you can just rerun it every time you get new data. And it'll just, you know, it's very good for, like, reproducing um, information. Whereas I feel like that's one of the things that I struggle. Like, Tableau I find a little bit clunkier um, with. So, But, yeah, so if you're looking to get into, like, data visualization and, like, wanting to, like, you know, lean and check out some hunches, I would say that that is a good way to go. We're also looking at potentially adding, like, a download data button to even strength. So, like, when we've got all of obviously the filters you can put in to start with, like what season you want it to be, what do you want to teach, just one team or all the teams. Um, and so people can get the data that we've already like expanded on. Because obviously you can download the play-by-play data. We've got that available already. But at the moment you can't like heart, like download your own copy of any of the stats to visualize. So we're looking at being able to change that and just make it a little bit easier um, for people who do want to get in it. They can access the data themselves and, you know, make pretty colors happen. Mm -hmm. More accessible. Yeah. Awesome. Um, We just have one other kind of more um, technical question, I guess, from uh, at Drake Smith at 12 on Twitter. He has changed his uh, Twitter name to Matt more books, more hockey, uh, which is very long. Uh, how much does time on ice info affect fancy stats generation? Which I think we touched on a little bit, but if you wanted to elaborate on that. I would say it's not more time. Like it's nice having time on ice and it can help put things in context. Um, but I would say if anything, if we were to get actual time on ice, the advantage wouldn't be having actual time on ice. It would be the fact that to get actual time on ice, they have to give you like shift counts Mm -hmm. and like when a player is like coming on and off the ice. And with that, you can really start to look at um, like players, like relative stats. So, you know, that's when you can look at what the Corsi is when they're on the ice or like what is the shooting percentage of their teammates when they're on the ice? Like even if they're not directly contributing to the play, like even if they're not assisting on the goals, you know, particularly for defenders, I think it's handy kind of thing. You can look at how, how a team performs when they're on the ice. Like, what end of the ice are they in? Because um, obviously those are the players that often aren't getting their names on goals. 
but they are the ones who are, you know, having to make the zone exits and they have to get, like, like they have to make sure the puck is staying in the offensive zone um, and keeping it there where the forwards can put pressure on it. So, yeah, I think not so much getting time on ice, but getting that shift information um, would allow us to delve deeper uh, into particularly how defenders um, perform. But, yeah, to my knowledge, that's not something that's on the horizon for any of the women's leagues mm-hmm. anytime soon. Yeah. So, you know, we're not counting any pennies. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is frustrating, too, just from, like, even a, a fan's perspective. Like, time on ice is, like, a big thing. But the shift counts and knowing, you know, who's taking more shifts, who's getting more special teams. But, you know. Again, not on the yeah. not on the horizon. Uh, Meredith Foster at Foster writes on Twitter. Favorite flavor of Tim Tams. We talked about this a little bit before the podcast, and it sounds like you've got a little bit of a hot take on it. <laughs> I don't like Tim Tams, <laughs> <laughs> but like saying that, I understand why people like them. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a big biscuit person. Okay, which I suppose is like the word. Like, you call them cookies? Would you call them cookies? uh, I was going to say I'm Googling Tim Tams because I don't know what they are. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah, cookies. biscuit. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. But I know you call biscuits something that looks more like a scone, so. We call them cookies. I'm looking at Tim Tams on Google Images, and I'm judging you a little bit because they look delicious. Now. I'll bring some with me. (laughs) I've never, yeah, I've never tasted some, so I can't, like, I can't judge a cookie by its Google image photo. Yeah, so essentially it's like two biscuits, and then in the middle of the two biscuits you have kind of like a mousse, and then it's dipped in chocolate. You described like all of my favorite things, and now (laughs) I'm like, how do you not? It sounds like an Oreo, but like a good Oreo, like with a mousse and covered in chocolate. But yeah, they come in like a bunch of different flavors. So, like, even, like, the gelato place near me, um, like, did a collaboration with them last year. And there were, like, gelato ones that were, like, designed to be frozen, which they, I'm sure they taste great frozen anyway because any chocolate biscuit does. Um, but, like, these ones were designed to be frozen. Another um, great Australian pastime, a great Australian pastime, has been a great thing for Australians to make foreigners do when they're in Australia, is this fun thing called a Tim Tam Slam. I have heard of this. I don't know what it is. So please explain. <laughs> okay, so you get a hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. So you got a hot chocolate. Okay. So essentially, the biscuit is kind of it, like it's not a wafer, but it's kind of wafery. Like there's holes in it. Okay. So you bite both two like opposite corners off your Tim Tam. Mm-hmm. So you have the maximum possible length of the Tim Tam (laughs) and then you shove it in the hot chocolate and as fast as you can try and drink hot chocolate before all of the chocolate inside the (gasps) Tim Tam melts (laughs) that sounds terrible like do you burn your tongue like no so you've got to wait till like the hot chocolate's drinkable temperature okay okay I like, was don't like, do it with a boiling hot hot chocolate. Test the hot chocolate first. I was like, this sounds awful. Why would you do this? <laughs> but no, you essentially use the Tim Tam as a straw. So then it's like double chocolate and then it's melting chocolate in your mouth. Okay, see, that sounds amazing. If we're waiting until the hot chocolate is a drinkable temperature, this sounds fantastic. 
I'll bring Tim Tams with me and we will do this. We'll like, schedule it in somewhere. It's I'll, happening. It, I'm penciling it into my schedule. No, like If you easy. haul yourself to Toronto, Saski and I will co-mob you with ah! Tim Tams for this very Australian experience. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay, one more thing before we sign off. Uh, we had a start bench cut, also by Matt, at DrakeSmith12 on Twitter. Start bench cut, I forgot how to pronounce this. Echidna? 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 Echidna, wallaby, wombat. Was it a wallaby? Yes. Oh, I might have to reevaluate my entire opinion. I read kangaroo in my head. <laughs> not, not kangaroo, although we could throw kangaroo in there if you want. No, no, the kangaroos are so much bigger. Which I did not know what an echidna was before uh, <laughs> this, this question, and I googled it, and I'm starting an echidna because it's the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like... Please Google it when you get an opportunity. It's like a it's like a porcupine, but cuter. In it's a bit it's bigger than a porcupine. Yeah, with, as well. Like with, they're they're bigger than a shoebox. With like pretty multi, I guess not multicolored, but like it looks like a porcupine with blonde highlights and a <laughs> little like a little duck snout, with but like a skinnier. Um, I, I personally am uh, starting the wombat. Okay. Um, I feel like, yeah, so so wombats, um, of all of the Australian animals I don't want to encounter on a road, a wombat's really up there. <laughs> uh, at least, like, a kangaroo, like, they're, like, two metres tall. Like, I'm going to see it and I'm going to know my car is hitting it kind of thing. <laughs> Whereas wombats are so low to the ground, they're, like, giant fuzzy boulders. Um and I, yeah, I just don't want to hit one ever. So I'm going to start the wombat because not only are they, like, incredible at, like, hitting things, which I feel like would be convenient for hockey, they're also really fast. Like, Ooh, they, they don't like it on their teeny tiny little legs. I was going to say, I would not expect them to be a fast creature. Wombat top speed. <laughs> so a wombat can run. That's in kilometers per hour. You're not going to understand that. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, I know 5K is approximately three miles because I ran cross-country and track. Okay, so. so they can run at approximately up to 40 kilometers an hour, which is 24 miles an hour. That's incredible. <laughs> wow. So I'm putting a wombat as my starter. Okay, fair. I feel like that'd be a really good mobile defender. <laughs> like, not to put them in a position. Yeah, don't put a put, don't put a uh, wombat as a goaltender. Put them somewhere where they can skate around the ice. Yeah, they they want to zoom. <laughs> um, uh, I'm like a bench. The wallaby thing is really throwing me off. Because <laughs> before I was like, yes, I guess you know, I just start the kangaroo because height. Congratulations, I'm now an NHL scout. <laughs> see, see, you're you're doing this based on you're doing this the way that Michelle does this, which is how can this actually affect a, a hypothetical hockey team? I'm doing it because you're talking I saw- to the person who once wrote an entire article while on pseudo evergreens um, about how a go one up would fare as a hockey player. Which like, can I just say was the best thing that you've ever created and should go into a hall of fame. Like I still look I at that article the next and laugh. morning because like I submitted it, but like I was on like hardcore cold and blue tablets. <laughs> It was and so brilliant. I woke up the next morning and I had like a bajillion notifications and I was like, what the hell did I do? And then I found out and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh oh <yes>. no. 
So yeah, how to get comedy articles out of me? Wait till I get the flu and then just pump me full of like cold and flu drugs. It's get, fine. Get a it prompt. Worked. Get a prompt list of ridiculous story ideas and wait until <laughs> you're just mind-numbingly sick and then give them to you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds about solid. Um, I'm gonna bench the wombat and cut the wallaby but i'm doing this purely on a cuteness scale not on a which is going to actually help me win a hockey game scale i think i'm still going to start not start um bench the wallaby even though it's not a kangaroo so i'm no longer like basing this on height you're cutting when i was basing it on height i really felt like a like, just any of those NHL scouts who are like, yes, we are going to draft this boy because he is six foot three. And now I don't know. Now I don't know how big the echidna is, but don't you think that would be a potential <laughs> good goaltender where you just put them no. in the net and point their spikes out and say, okay, just. No, tr-. because they just curl in on themselves. <laughs> it's just kind of a spiky ball sitting in the middle of this net. Like. My favorite thing, but is that they like don't have spines. So I only know this because um, one of the classes I teach was recently learning about the life cycle of echidna. So everyone is now going to be bestowed with fun facts about the life cycle of echidna. <laughs> so a baby echidna, which is very weird because it's grown from an egg, but they're a marsupial. We love random mammals here in Australia. None of them make sense. Um, so when the baby echidna hatches from the egg, it is the size of a jelly bean, and it is called a puggle, and it is pretty much translucent. This is why I started the echidna. Facts like this. But no, they're quite small, so I'm going to start the wallaby. Even though wallabies are smaller, I feel like they'd be really fast. Yeah, yeah. 24 miles an hour is a good a good speed. Well, no, that, well that was just how far. I don't know how fast did the wallaby go. Wallaby top speed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> just Googling. The top speed of animals here. You know we have a list on the podcast when all our Google searches are how fast Australian animals can run. <laughs> Very important. Okay, so wallabies can go up to 30 miles an hour. Oh. Okay. That's But fast. they're also only like, okay, they can also go almost. Rude. Wallabies can even be taller than me. I thought it was only kangaroos. Yeah, so... The largest confirmed kangaroo. I so love the tallest one. I love that this is the direction this is taken. Six foot, six foot nine when standing up. Somehow I expected it to be taller, but six nine is still terrifying. <laughs> well, I'm mean, like I have them like the thing like I've like gone to like zoos and stuff where you get to like you know pet the kangaroos. And they're okay as long as they're crouching down. The second they stand up, I'm like, I need to be somewhere else. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye. Well, then they're taller than me most of the time. Like, the approximate size of a kangaroo on average is 1.5 meters. I am only just over 1.5 meters. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like five foot and I'm like five foot one. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. I don't have much height. On the average kangaroo, and it's scary. Because <laughs> they're all muscle. It's terrifying. Yes. Yes. And, like, they can balance on their tail to kick you. <laughs> we, need, we need to wrap things up. As much as I would love to continue to hear facts about kangaroos and other Australian animals. Just, 
we just this is no longer a hockey podcast. This is now an Australian animal podcast. <laughs> Which we should we should have known that this was how it was going to go. Like as soon as that Star Punch Cloud came in, we should have known that that was how this podcast was going to end. That's why we saved it for last. Yeah. Um, also, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, I am at Alyssa's tweeting. And then because you can... I am a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please follow Alyssa. She is wonderful. Also follow at Even Strength. Yes, so it's even underscore strength. Even underscore because strength. Even strength was already taken. Oh. Rude. <laughs> and you have? Do you want to plug the Patreon for that too? Yes. So yeah, it's just um, even dash strength on Patreon. Uh, we're doing good. Like we're way exceeding how I thought we would do, which is fun. Um, if you sign up for over five dollars, you get a fun sticker, which is cool. Um, and like early access to some things. So like all of the X goal numbers for the season are up there at the moment until I get the time to upload them to the site because I actually need to code them in. Um, so that's where you'll find those at the moment. But yeah, it's um, obviously having that one helps us cover server costs and in the future will help us to you know, do more fun things. We have plans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hannah underscore Beavis one. Uh, the ice garden podcast network also has a Patreon for us and our sister show, the founding four podcast with Erica Ayala and Mike Murphy. Um, Oh, they can follow the, a dub on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. You're going to want to subscribe for all of the high quality streams <laughs> <laughs> or, and follow them on social. If you are not already, um, for podcast listeners, if you have mailbag questions, tweet them at Michelle and I uh, using the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. Same with Star Bench Cuts. DM us your um, Stump Hannah questions, which we did not do this week, but that's okay. Michelle will be back next week. Um, and also, thank you for coming on. I'm so glad we got to that that we did not mean to start at 7:30 this morning, and we were still <laughs> able to record tonight, and everything ended up going fine. We worked it out. It was fine. It was just mildly stressful in the interim. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like... Because I literally sent the message and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I, I, have, I have my world clock on my phone set to time zones where I have friends living. And so I have an Australian time zone. And I'm like... Ah! <laughs> just kind of quietly screaming and trying to check what time it is. Um, yeah, but it was fine. It worked out. Um, it was all dead. Uh, best of luck with the AW season. Um, Should be good. Fingers crossed everything goes smoothly. Yeah. We hope and pray. <laughs> I will be following along with these with these highly produced productions, for sure. Um, yeah, they should be like the Perth one should be at like a reasonable, like the night one should be at a reasonable hour of the morning for North America. And obviously the Sunday morning ones are always like your Saturday afternoon slash evening. So. Which is perfect. Um, anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, not that I can think of. Cool. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. The Ice Garden. Now, I'm looking at baby kittens on Google, and I have to say, it wasn't what I expected, but I still love them. (laughs) They're not the most... Aesthetically pleasing, baby. I would agree. They definitely glow up significantly into adulthood. (laughs) 